0: And now, the Real Shit Baseball Podcast with your hosts, Drew Wheeler and Tyler
1: Jackson. Hey, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Shit Baseball Podcast, a podcast about deep fantasy. Baseball Leagues, the Dynasty Fantasy Baseball Leagues. If you're in one, you're listening to a good podcast because we're talking about a competitive, engrossing, hardcore, bone-shattering, spine-breaking, and spirit-breaking puck. Po- it, it, it's a great league. We love it. And uh, here to talk are your hosts. Uh, I am Drew Wheeler, the co-commissioner of the Real Shit Baseball League, the manager of the Real Shit Philadelphia Phillies, the 2019 Real Shit Champion, and with me, as always, is my co-host, comrade, cohort, and colleague, Mr. Uh, Mister Number One, Mr. Still Number One, after one-third of the season, the manager of the Real Shit Tampa Bay Rays, it is Mr. Tyler, Big Jack Daddy Jackson. Hey, Tyler, how's it going? What's up, dude? Not very much, uh, as you know, Tyler. As the guests at home will soon know, got a little bit of a naparoo in before the podcast this week, so I am um, a little more energized, I guess I could say, at least for the moment, than normal. Yeah, you're good to go. I feel good. I feel happy. How do you feel?
0: I'm good. You know, I'm a yeah, you know, I'm a night owl, so I'm like kind of getting my second wind of the day
1: right now. Oh, that's nice. I, you know, I always feel used to feel like I was a night owl, but now. As I've gotten older, I feel like I'm uh, a little bit more of a day person, sort sort of. I mean, I can still I can still rock burn some midnight oil, but have you always been a night owl? Oh yeah, that's I, that's like kind of my thing, man.
0: I've just always like stayed up late and, um, you know, sleep in if I can. But if not, I can get up and just be fine. It's it's weird,
1: very interesting. I like yeah. that about you, Tyler. I like that about you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anyhow. So, guys, uh, we're, if you're listening to us on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on the Anchor app, on uh, several different places you can hear us, please be sure to rate us five stars. Uh, please, 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 because that puts us in the ears of more uh, deep league, deep dynasty league listeners, or just baseball, fantasy baseball listeners in general. We'd love to be heard by more people. So, please, uh, please do send us some five-star reviews. Uh, send us any uh, comments uh, through Anchor. They have a nice voice messages app. Uh, You can send us a message. And we actually got a message, Tyler, that you listened to and I listened to this week. And uh, we're going to play that for you after our matchup breakdowns uh, here later on in the show, so look forward to that. But uh, we have a great episode planned for you. Tyler uh, has actually come up with a really intriguing uh, segment that we've got for you towards the end of the podcast if you want to give them a little spoiler, a little sneak preview of that.
0: Well, um, the – what what we're going to call the segment is what's luck got to do with it.
1: Love that. And
0: what we have done really – Drew did all the the hard work here. Um, He crunched a bunch of numbers, and um, we're looking at who is the unluckiest teams in the league and who are the luckiest teams in the league when it comes to, um, like, who gets – the team that they're playing each week, who gets their best and who gets their worst. And we're going to talk about it. So
1: very, very um, astutely said. And yeah. Tyler, you, you say I, I did the work and really that might be, you know, slightly true, but it is your concept brought to life. So I will give you equal credit there, my friend. Oh, thank you. Uh, and you know, you're welcome. More than welcome. And it's, uh it's going to be fun because we're going to get to see essentially, uh, well, the goal is to see what teams might have gotten above and beyond what they could have expected seven weeks in, what teams have gotten less than they might should have, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. at least from an an average perspective, and then who's kind of getting about what they can expect the rest of the way.
0: Right. Um, And I think the results are going to surprise some people. Um, But like we tried to do with our segment a couple weeks ago when we looked at – team by team stats and how they, how you stacked up against every other team. This one, um, I mean, we're not saying that just because you're the luckiest team in the league that you should just sell out because you definitely shouldn't. No. Um, but it might give you an indicator of what's to come. Maybe, um, if you're a believer in law of averages, then this is probably something that you want to listen to.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, Something that I guarantee is going to be a popular point of contention, Tyler, that you and I will probably need to talk out, talk about off the air, I just realized. But we should also probably talk about how these things shake out uh, in individual leagues, because what people may not know at home is we're actually, uh, this is week eight. We are currently playing week eight, and that means interleague play has started in the real shit league. So we're not just AL versus AL, NL versus NL. No, 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 no. The gates have been torn down, and we are now crossing into unknown territory, my brother. We're playing interleague games, and so how AL teams stack up against other AL and NL teams are important. But looking at the season for the third of it that we've experienced thus far, so, I mean, just in terms of the league that we play in, it's sort of important as well, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's
1: why we wanted to
0: wait until after the last week of um, before interleague play because the stats that we're looking at are based solely off of um, everybody playing against every team in their league at least one time, and that's it. So this is something that we could revisit later after interleague is over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh, We definitely could do that, and I think that uh, that could be kind of fun. I know that once – you know, you, you, can't, you told me the idea. I was like, this is great. We'll, we'll definitely do that. And then you referenced, actually, maybe we should wait because interleague play would kind of, we should start, you know, after league play is over. And I love that. That's very, very bright on your part. Should expect no less from you. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive right in, Tyler, to one of our trademark parts of the show and something I always love to hear you, uh, you exclaim. All right, let's start with top first. Top first, indeed we do. And uh, we've got some transactions to round up. And, guys, uh, he, my man Tyler, he kept true to his word. In our pre-show meeting, he said, I'm not covering the Marlins. That's a, uh, <laughs> that is a a that is an oxygen tank I don't want to be buying. That is an asthma attack I'm not trying to be having. That's a uh, yeah. a word-warbling marathon of the mouth that I'm not about. So, Drew, you got I it. I so. hope you got your albuterol inhaler ready, bro. <laughs> Teeth tongue touched the lips. The arsonist had loudly shaped feet. I'm ready. Here we go. Marlins adds. <laughs> Chichi Gonzalez now to a one-year, two-dollar deal. Blake Trinan, now to a one-year, seven dollar deal. Brian Shaw, now to a one-year, one dollar $1 deal. Kelvin Gutierrez, one year, one dollar. And in the in the mix, Marlins will drop Kyle Garlic, one year, one dollar. Dean Kramer one year seven dollars, Connor Joe one year one dollar, and David Bodie one year one dollar. How to do? Oh man, that was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, it's it's nothing compared to the uh, the the verbal veracity that you've had to to spit out in past episodes. But
0: well, not to live up
1: to your lofty standards.
0: Yeah, it's just that I've did it so many weeks in a row. It's like <laughs> I don't know. Um, my knees weak, my arms were heavy,
1: oh. I was vomit on
0: my sweater already mom's spaghetti,
1: except it was marlin's
0: transactions
1: Marlon's transactions <laughs> I love that. that's that's really good well so uh what I'm gonna focus on though is uh none other than you know a guy that at the beginning of the season, when everybody looked up and down the Rockies roster, they thought, you know, okay, we're good, this is, they circled this guy's name in, in permanent marker and said, this is their number two. It's Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Who wouldn't have thought it? Yeah. So, you know, looking at Mr. Gonzalez, over his last two starts, he is rocking uh, a, a, a very incredible ERA. Uh, over seven innings, he's allowed – I'm sorry, that's 13 innings over his last two starts. He's allowed two runs. Uh, He has a win, eight strikeouts, a whip of, let's say, about, uh, what would that be, like, 0.77? Yeah, 0.77 and two quality starts. Uh, And that's not against slouches, Tyler. That's against the Cincinnati Reds and San Diego Padres. Yeah. Uh, At home, the Padres at home, in fact. So, um, Chichi Gonzalez is (laughs) kind of doing some shit. And... Mm. uh, and my man, uh, Scott A. Marlins decided that he's ready to pick him up. He's ready to stop seeing him on the free agent wire. And I gotta, I gotta give him some respect on that. Uh, so Chi Chi overall, a 454 ERA, which is, you know, not terrible. It's, it's palatable over 41 and two thirds innings. 23 strikeouts, which are a little weak. But I mean, again, you know, you'll tolerate it for a starter. Uh, 132 whip. And so, you know, big ups to Scott A. Marlins for picking up a Rocky starter and, uh, Taking some of that, taking some of that glory.
0: Yeah, um, I will say <clears throat> I'm kind of disappointed because Dean Kramer was a guy that I highlighted last week.
1: Yeah, and absolutely.
0: And then he goes and drops. Him. Yeah, Scott just dropped it like it was hot. Yeah, really, or not, or not hot in fantasy terms.
1: Yeah, so whatever.
0: I don't know. The, um, the man,
1: the man, I labeled Crispy Kreme long ago. Yeah, is back again on the back again on the wire. And do you remember, do you remember that rapper, Krispy Kreme? Uh, yes, absolutely. The song, uh, well, there are many songs of his that I just adore, but uh, the the song about Denzel Washington it always gets me so hype. I think he had to change his name though, didn't he? He he's now Froggy Fresh. Yes, Froggy Fresh. <laughs> I mean, which I mean, granted, as rap names go, Froggy Fresh is pretty great. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, uh, another brief aside before I let you move along to our next team. Uh, Marlins picked up a, another Rockies player by the name of Connor Joe. That is a hell of a name. That's all. Okay, go ahead. All right.
0: Um, next on the wire, uh, Braves picked back up Jock Peterson, who is now in a one-year $18 deal. Um, I, I liked Jock Peterson at the beginning of the season. Um, he was, like, super, super hot in spring training. And I guess I was sort of surprised when uh, Freddie dropped him. But I know he hadn't been playing that great. Uh, right. But, uh, but yeah, he has picked it back up here in the last week or two. So, Freddie picked him back up. So, yeah, that's all, it's all I really got on him. I'm okay. interested to hear what you
1: have to say about this next one, Drew. Oh, I'm excited, man. Uh Yeah. Uh, well our, our favorite fruit, Mr. Thomas Tomatoes, he uh he went out and like you know, Marlins we said well he was got tired of looking at Chi Chi Gonzalez's numbers on the on the wire. And uh, Tommy got sick of looking at the minor league numbers of one Mr. Jesus Sanchez. Hmm. And uh Jesus has risen from the waiver wire to Tommy's team. Yes. Uh, so dude, uh let's just just real quickly, we're going to, and I, I, can we cannot digress. You and I are people who are notable for digressing when it comes to prospects. Yeah. So let's just 12 games for the AAA, uh, uh what are Jacksonville at the jumbo shrimp. Yes. Yeah. 49 at bats. He's slashing 510, 538, 1020. My man is, uh, doing some insanity. Level things and looking like, I mean, you'll you'll have to correct me here, Tyler, but it was not, it was not long ago that Jesus Sanchez was in the top. I mean, would you, top ten overall fantasy prospects? Is that correct? I, you know, he he was
0: he was top one hundred for a long time, and yeah, fantasy wise, yeah, he definitely had
1: to be at least I, close to the top ten. Yeah, I, I, I might be off a little bit. Okay, but in that time, in those. Oh, he's played more games since that. Uh, since that note I was just looking at. So he's at sixteen games, sixty-eight play appearances, seven homers, fourteen runs, twenty RBIs. His average is now oh, oh, a paltry four sixty-nine. Mm. <laughs> he is he's at a W, and we referenced WRC plus last week uh, in talking about Rodella's advantage metrics. Uh, Rodella, hope you heard that. Uh, so, Sanchez, his WRC plus is a two seventy-seven for triple A. Shit. This is a guy who absolutely can be benefiting a major league club right now. Yep. And that might that that major league club is still is the Marlins who yeah. are above five hundred, I believe, still in the grand grindhouse in L East. Grind. house Tommy, you're you're doing it right because uh I have to be honest, like this was a move that I was seconds away from making maybe two or three times over the last two weeks. So yeah. it, was, it was a – it probably should have been a no-brainer, and yet I still did not pull the trigger. So um, I'm very impressed with that move from Tommy. I think it's a hell of an ad. Anyway, speaking of a hell of an ad, we thought we were going to have one of the prospect call-ups at the center. We thought we were going to get to have you just sing and praise Praise courses for thirty minutes worth of podcast, but alas, Tampa Bay has uh, stifled the dreams of many fantasy owners, but has perhaps made one uh, exceedingly happy because Mr. Alex Anderson picks up one Taylor Walls, who has made his major league debut, and uh, Tyler. I don't know if you're aware, but Mr. Walls has had himself a, a pretty, pretty excellent debut. Oh, no, I haven't seen what he's done. What has he done? I'd be happy to share with you, Fred. Yeah. Taylor Walls, thus far, is 3 for 12, which, you know, should tune out to about a – it's a 375 average because he's walked quite a bit as well. Uh, Walked once tonight, actually, in fact, in the 14-8 win over the the Blue Jays. He has scored four runs. He has an RBI. So, in that time, he's had – let me see. It's one walk. Yeah. Yeah. Walls is looking great. And this is a shortstop who uh, essentially was shown to be the one they wanted. They went out and traded, Will you know, they traded Willie Dom's away. Now they've got Taylor walls and he started every game since he came up like, uh, you know, that Saturday, the 22nd, he started mm-hmm. every game since. And um, thus far looks the part and is doing great. And Mr. Alex Anderson, got him for a dollar and was the only bid, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So uh, I don't know whether it was shell shock or unawareness of the level of prospect that Walls is, but Alex has got to be jumping up and down with that move. So major ups to him. and We'll see what Walls does as we await uh, the next two call-ups from the Rays system that we're all kind of anxiously awaiting. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I can't wait to get that guy on my team. I mean, yeah, 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 I bet you do. Okay, next up we have the Padres, and Mr. Uh, Trader Dan, he makes two moves, actually drops two guys, two pitchers. Uh, he drops Luis Oviedo, one-year, $1, as well as Mike Fires, one-year, $1, and I actually reached out to Dan uh, earlier this evening because I wanted to get it from him, you know, here here sure from the horse's mouth said, why did you drop these guys? You know, two pitchers, you're you're not really in a bad way. I mean, Dan's not – he's in the bottom fourth of the league right now. We can call it Spade. But, you know, considering that he's rebuilding, this is something he was aware of, but knows that he needs to be in a position that he can, you know, continue to churn and flip players at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why'd you drop these guys? And this is what my – quote. this is what Dan was quoting me. He said, I had to activate Kyle Crick and Ty France from the injured list. I literally had all 10 injured list spots to use, plus all five NA spots, plus a full active roster that includes another three to five NA guys. So okay. it's an absolute roster crunch for this guy. And I hate that because, you know, Fires, I think yeah, he's on the 60-day IL right now. So he's still got a little while to go. But, I mean, could be a serviceable pitcher down the line for somebody. I was thinking mm-hmm. it could be Dan as as a quality foot piece, but anyway, Dan's had to make some tough decisions, and uh, he says as well, Tyler, that he's going to have some more tough decisions to make as guys get healthy. So we could be looking at a uh, a little bit of a roster renaissance for Dan coming up here soon. Not that that's anything new. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he does with that. Absolutely, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll uh, prudent managers prudent managers could take advantage of that. Should they be interested?
0: I'm going to start calling him Flipper, Dan.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Like that. (laughs) Um,
0: Our next move, uh, Rays, drops Matt Moore. What
1: the F, Tyler?
0: I mean, a couple reasons here. One, he has not been good this season. Um, What? Two, he got hurt, and he's come back, and he has no rotation spot. So, he'll just randomly get, like, an inning of work every week. Like, it's the weirdest thing right now. How much so,
1: space did I offer you for him at the beginning of the year?
0: I can't remember.
1: Bet you wish you'd have taken it now, don't you?
0: Well, you can pick him up now and only give me a dollar back.
1: Or not.
0: Yeah. See, you're welcome. I was doing <laughs> you a favor. You're right. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. But, yeah, uh, really, really no other reason I did it. Um, I just – he's just been disappointing. and
1: Inconsistency is worse than – bad results almost in a way i mean if when do you play him when do you give yeah. a spot to yeah. him if he's not going to play and then when he does play he gets toasted or he's he, right well, it's just what's the point yeah like i'd rather just drop him than leave him in my lineup and his
0: one inning a week yeah. he gives yeah. up two earned runs you know so
1: absolutely man yeah yeah <clears throat> so just...
0: i'm sure he'll get his uh rotation spot back next week so that'll <laughs> that'll be how it goes
1: <laughs> adds to watch the community
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> um so for our next ad, Blue Jays adds Jonathan Scope, who is now in a one year two dollar deal. Yes. Um I didn't look just real hard into this. I know let's see. Scope been really hot.
1: Oh, he has been hot, okay. Um Scope's been hot and uh Kyle had him earlier in the year and yeah made the move to uh to add a hot bat, so you gotta give him credit. Yeah,
0: and he played him tonight. I know there were some quite a few teams that had days off today, so maybe he wanted to, you know, pick him up as a filler. So yeah, sure. Um yeah, really nothing to add there on that one. Um next, Cubs adds two pitchers. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Stiver, Stever, on a one-year, one year, one dollar deal and puts him in an NA spot. And he adds Dylan Maples on a one-year, $1 deal. Um, Dylan Maples has been, like, rocking out of that Cubs bullpen. Um, He has been really, really good so far, striking out a ton of people. Um, Let me pull up his stats real quick because it has been – it's been impressive. I looked earlier. Um, Sure. So, for the season, he has thrown 15 and two-thirds innings, struck out 25 – with an ERA of 1.72 and a whip of 1.02 out of that Cubs bullpen, um, I think he could quickly uh, find his way into high-leverage situations um, in the future if he keeps pitching like that. Sure. And strikes out a lot of people. So, yeah, I think that was a good ad. Uh, Stiver, he got called up and pitched one game, I think, for the White Sox earlier in the season. Didn't fare well at all. Mm-hmm. And they got sent back down, but he is one of the White Sox higher-ranked prospects. So sure. um, within the top ten, I would say for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. So I'm sure Rody is is banking on him um, getting called back up this season and sure. um, going to be able to help out. Uh, next, Tigers with a couple of drops. Drops uh, Keone Kella on a one-year $12 deal, and Reyes Moranta on a one-year, $1 deal. And I think that um, Matt, he dropped these guys because both of them, it looks like they're headed for Tommy John. Um, Kella, has, uh, I don't think he's had Tommy John yet, but he will. And then Maranta looks like he has some kind of partial UCL damage, um, which, I mean, I feel like 95% of, pitchers nowadays that you say anything about any kind of ucl damage it's it's tommy john so
1: yeah
0: um yeah so neither of these guys are going to be able to help a team this season so i think matt just went ahead and decided to cut ties so yeah,
1: yeah it's a tough one you know
0: mm-hmm. uh, especially but- kello you know he was supposed to be the pirates closer this season <sighs> Sure. Or no, no no no, no, he's with the Padres well, now.
1: Well, he yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, after being the Pirates closer, I think you you're on the right track of I him, mean, but after being that Pirates closer and being with the Padres, you expect him to have a big role in the bullpen. Yeah. It's you know, it never really materialized for the guy with the with the health and with, you know, <laughs> the ageless Martin Blanson and, you know, you well, have to across the board in that bullpen, so it's 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 tough break to say the very least for Matt. Yeah. Well, moving along, the uh, Phillies drop Logan Allen, a uh, one-year, $2 deal. Uh, I got a quote from the manager of the Phillies, and he said, uh, got too many N.A. pitchers, got to make some moves, got to do some stuff, and do some stuff he did. Uh, let's see. Athletics also drops Sam uh, Hint, Hint, Hintkes? Hint, Hintkes? Hint, Hintkes, 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 Hintjes. I think you said it right. Sam Hintges. One year, one dollar. Uh, so Mr. Hintges is a... hint Hint Jiz is a uh, starter for the Cleveland Not Indians. Uh, made his first official start on the 12th. Athletics picked him up on the 14th. Uh, his start on the 12th, he went four and two-thirds with six strikeouts, uh, no ERA. In his next two starts, he has given up uh, a bunch of run skis. Uh, altogether, nine runs over eleven and one third in his three starts. Uh, I'm curious if he's going to get to make a start uh, versus Toronto in a couple days, yeah. <laughs> because uh, you know, if ever a team had pitching prospects, it would be Cleveland, the Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland, not Indians. So, no. so uh, we'll see what happens with Mister Hinch's, but uh, until that time. Paul looks like a smart boy for cutting bait before he gets hurt uh, by having just a random reliever there. And that concludes the ads and drops, but we do have a trade to cover, Tyler. Uh, trade 132 between the Cardinals and Rockies. And mm-hmm. uh, Cardinals, Mr. Salamander Rhodes, receives Michael Fulmer, one year, $7, and Yuli Guriel one year, four dollars Rockies receives Brandon Lau, one year, $17. Stephen Matz, one year, $3. Prospect Cody Hose, still on his prospect deal, $1, as well as $7 cap space. This one, um, it's interesting to me because I know that when Tommy acquired Yuli Guriel, I was under the impression that it was as a long-term cog. And up until the point that he had acquired him, Brandon Lyle had been kind of slumping, but now <laughs> say it ain't so May 21st. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex, did he, did he have him for this day? I can't, I remember. believe he did. I'm trying to see. Okay. Yeah. So the 23rd, uh, so on the 21st pops off to three runs, two homers, three RBIs, a 667 average and 3,500 OPS. Since Tommy's had him, uh, lau has been pretty good i mean tonight one for four with a run uh yesterday had a pinch hit uh one for one uh, it could be interesting he's got some great eligibilities and last year he was a, a sleeper surprise for uh for the surgeon to raise uh Stephen speaking of surgeon surprise has been uh, incredible this year uh kind of up and down in a couple different ways but i mean still a great pitcher thus far, five wins, 469 ERA, 50 strikeouts in 48 innings. You got to like that as yep. Blue Jays. Uh, and then why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, Cardinals' side of the deal uh, in Fulmer and Gurriel. And I know you've got a good opinion of Cody Hose as well.
0: Um, yeah, uh, Cardinals, um, I know he wanted to get Fulmer um, because okay. he is in the saves mix. Yes. Um, and then I think the first day that Cardinals got him, he blew a save. So, uh, yeah, that's not good. Um,
1: it could, be, it could be an interesting situation to watch going forward.
0: Yeah. Gurriel, I mean, he's been a top 25 player this season.
1: Oh, he's been great. Like
0: out of nowhere. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just have never paid enough attention to, um, Gurriel as a fantasy player, but
1: that surprised uh, I- me love Yuli and was so sad that Tommy traded him because I would have loved to have been in the mix on uh on Uli. yeah
0: um you know <laughs> but I know that the salamander's been looking for some offense and uh, no. yeah I mean you can't do much better than add a top 25 fantasy player no so Not at all um Cody Hose is an interesting piece. um he was a late first round pick in the 2019 draft yes. uh, by the oh. Dodgers. And he was one of the top college bats um, in that draft that season. And I'm surprised that he fell that far. But I really do like – I really like him. And it looks like that he's going to be able to play multiple positions, like like every guy that the Dodgers bring up now. Um, Looks like he's going to play some third. Looks like he's going to play some second and some outfield. And he does have a loud uh, big boy bat. So – Ooh. Yeah. I do like um that that prospect get by by Tommy a lot. Really like him. Definitely. Well there you have it. And that's the trade, uh the trade we've had to go down. Oh, uh we also had another trade. I, I made a trade with old uh Clay.
1: Oh, Dad Gummit, you did. Tyler, I haven't posted that. I'm so sorry. No, you're good, man. Let me post that as we're uh, talking about it. Dude, I, okay. I literally, when you wrote me this morning, I'm so, Tyler, I'm so sorry. Uh, no, you're good. I have um, a note on my desk right now that says, uh, trade is cap neutral. And I would not know <laughs> what that means tomorrow. So, yeah, please, by all means, enlighten us.
0: Yeah, so uh, the Rays and Giants got together on a deal. Um, Giants will be receiving Aaron Sanchez and Lou Trevino. And... The Rays will be acquiring Tyler Stevenson from the Reds and $4 to make the deal cap neutral. Um, Sanchez is a dollar, Trevino is dollar, Stevenson is $6. So, um, yeah, a couple of reasons why we decided to make this trade. Um, I've been looking for catching help, and I do like Omar Narvaez, but I've noticed that Stevenson has gotten more play in time recently. Okay, and he is getting some starts at first base, which I like a lot. Interesting. Um, yeah, and when he has gotten into games, he has hit well. Um, let's see. I think he's batting. Yeah, right now he's batting two eighty six with a couple of bombs and nine RBIs, and um, he's been batting third recently too. <laughs> when he wow. finds finds himself in the games, yeah. And anybody batting behind Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos right now is going to get plenty of pitches to hit, I'm sure,
1: and, uh-huh. and probably yeah.
0: have plenty of runners on base. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, unless they keep clearing them because they're hitting all these home runs. Um, so I like Stevenson a lot. Um, I talked to Clay. He wants a closer. Um, Trevino is in the closing mix there in Oakland and is also a dollar and has fared very well when he has gotten into the – into save situation so far this season. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sanchez pitches for Clay's Giants. He's probably watched him more than anybody this season and has had a very good bounce back season. Um, And he looks like he's about to come off the I.L. I think either this week or next week. So, he's going to have his uh, services very soon Um, because we know Clay's been looking for some pitching help as well because of all the injuries. So, yeah, yeah this is just a win-win for both of us, I think.
1: Well, good. I'm glad that you guys could link up on that and get a deal that works for both of you. That's, that's great. Yeah. Hey, I did get that posted. Sorry again for my tardiness, man.
0: Oh man. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Happy to help. Well, anyway, so uh, Tyler, uh, from one plus to another for you, brother, because you have gotten a, a positive trade, a net value of good for both yourself and Clay. And, uh, and now it's time for your favorite part of the show. What? Yeah, man, it's time. Man, uh, how's he been doing? Is he okay? Uh, from what I gather, he's doing really well. Uh, things are going great at AAA. Uh, could be looking for the call up here soon. I hear. So uh, I,
0: I think I saw where he got AAA Player of the Week. Wow, that's
1: you know that's impressive. And pass Drew, uh, we'll go ahead and spoil it for you. It's Pastor Drew. He's doing great stuff. And you know what a story? What a comeback story. for I know, Pastor man. To uh, to have to have been on the grind for three seasons now. And, you know, it's good to see him kind of mastering his stuff. And uh, I'm sure the fine people at Anchor also love uh, the stuff. Oh, he's yeah.
0: I just, you know, when I think about Pastor's story, it makes me cry
1: more than Rudy. Well, you know, that's that's really because Pastor Drew is probably the sports hero of all time. Rudy is just some chump. So, yeah. You
0: know. I, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: So that's, uh, that's just simple facts. So I hate to hear it. Sorry,
0: Rudy. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so if you want, I'll just go ahead and close out this segment for us. Make, make it happen, baby. Pastor Drew, please come and bless us with your spirit this week.
1: He's looking lights out, and it's so good to hear from him.
0: Yeah, I'm just really proud of him for winning A Player of the Week. And, uh, you know, did you hear his? He had a speech. Did you hear it? No. What What? What did he say? He actually gave us a shout out. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 He said that, uh, you know, he just he gets a, he draws a lot of inspiration from the Real Shit podcast because we um, we just tout him so highly. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, Pastor, if you're listening, which I guess you are, because apparently he's a fan of the show. Um, thank you and, and keep it going, buddy.
1: I love it. Gosh, I'm so happy. Yeah. And I'm happy for past And you know who else I'm happy for? Who's that? The real shit league and its managers, because we have made it through the first half of league play. Uh, we still have two thirds of the season to go, Tyler, but, uh, for those on top, you're a third of the way through 33% of the way to your goal. Uh, for those on the bottom, still plenty of time to turn it around. But yet, strange waters are ahead because interleague play is ahead. It's yep. uh, it's it's, uh, it's nigh. The time is nigh for interleague play. So we have got week seven to look at, and that's the final week of league play before we dive into those treacherous interleague waters. And uh, as such, Tyler, we have got matchup breakdowns to cover. And then our first matchup. Uh, we see Blue Jays take on Astros. Now, uh, eagle-eared listeners will know this is a rematch of sorts, a kind of a rivalry game, at least because the Blue Jays and the Royals, who uh, Astros uh, took over the franchise for, uh, they that was the championship match to two straight seasons uh, finales in 2015-16. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, that's right, it's 15-16. I believe. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: things uh, no, have changed. Wait,
1: no, that's sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. I'm sorry, but yes, things have changed. Uh, many things have changed. In fact, between these teams and the the winner of the matchup, Blue Jays uh, to the tune of eight to four over the Astros. And Tyler, tell us about the uh, the former two time champion Blue Jays, Don, Johnny Darkside. What did his yeah, team do good?
0: This, uh, well, what Blue Jays does good is hit the ball really hard and really far. And he did that again this week. A um, couple of guys to note. Um, let's see. Gosh, Max Muncy just destroyed baseballs this week uh, to a tune of uh 476 average, Gee. a 1434 OPS, and two home runs, and chipped in a stolen base. So yeah. that was nice. to Talk about putting it into maximum overdrive, because I know he had to do that to steal that base. Oh, absolutely. Because he is not a f- um, fleet of foot. Um, Indeed. unfortunately that was uh, John's only stolen base but that was the only offensive category that he did not win this week Um, won everything else pretty handedly Um, his pitching also got it done one win saves and strikeouts Um, but you know I look at this and it was I think it was like seven to five or seven to four and then at the very end there John was able to pull out another point, um, but I think that this matchup was actually
1: a little closer than John would have liked it to have been. I think you may be right. Uh, looking at, and I know, I know we'll probably dip back and forth, but looking at at, at Astros team, uh, he had some some very strong pitching performances, and it was near identical performances. As a matter of fact, from Charlie Morton, Robbie Ray, Chris Bassett, and Aaron Savale, each uh, each of them had roundabout between a 1.25 and a 2.5 ERA, each got a quality start, each with uh, between seven and eight strikeouts among them. Uh, and the ERA was kept in check, you know, by pretty much everybody. It looks like only Logan Gilbert and Stephen Crichton had ERAs that were kind of even unsightly at all. Uh, it's, it's impressive, especially considering, you know, pitching woes is something that Astros has dealt with, with Euriquity, Lazardo, Soroka. Uh none of those guys really being much of anything for him this week or this week, this year. And then looking from the seals perspective, Colton Wong and Jerks and Profar chipped in the Steals that got him uh the lead in that category. There uh goes. but if we're talking bats, it's gotta be Ian Hat, man. Has absolutely turned it the F on uh over the week. Five runs, three homers, five RBIs, a three twenty average, eleven fifty three OPS, uh really doing some big stuff. Uh, Especially with like, uh, with Juan Soto just kind of coming back uh, into action. He's, he's without Corey Seeger, uh, the continued kind of, uh, slow plod for Christian Yelich. Hmm. Uh, you know, big stuff for me and Half is certainly what Astros wants to see. Yeah. Um, I would wager to say that maybe,
0: uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if Astros' pitching staff has pitched that well collectively all season. I don't so, so, maybe Blue Jays just got a little unlucky this week.
1: Interesting you bring that up. We may mm. have to look into it. We might have to. Might have to do that. So, as of right now, going into interleague play, I think uh, Astros is one team that I could absolutely highlight as needing a strong interleague slate or else, uh, well, uh, hmm. Let me pose this question to you, Tyler. Who would it be more unfortunate for if Astros were to be a seller? Would it be more unfortunate for Astros to have not been in the mix, or is it more unfortunate for the rest of the league that Astros is one of these selling teams? I don't know if you could actually ever categorize him as a selling team. Because you have to be involved in discussion and involved in the league to be a seller? Exactly. Very good. that well, yeah. Alas, poor Uric. we we knew him. So let's move along. We have more matchups to discuss. And Tyler, the next one's going to certainly put a tingle in your dingle, my friend, because the number one overall raise, winners do what winners do, and they smushed the athletics of all teams in a resounding route, 12 to nothing. Uh what the hell happened here? Did Paul have something sour to say about your loved ones? What what the hell went down? Um
0: he he did not have anything sour to say. Uh he actually texted me yesterday and um all he said was, This hurts. I okay. bet. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, my team is just really hot. And he said, Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I know this is a very Paul thing to say yeah yeah so I mean it's not like I don't you know Paul's pitching staff uh, you know ERA was kind of inflated a little bit um, you know usually don't see four over four for him and nope. then the batting average and OPS was disappointing but I mean other than that I, I really didn't think that Paul had just a terrible week I think I just
1: I just had a better week all the all the way around. So I mean, that, you look at things like I mean, you referenced yeah, saves, wins, stolen bases, quality starts, WHIP. I mean, those things were all relatively close. And I mean, you know, it's just you you right now. Your team has got a foot kind of, uh, I guess, pedal to the metal is the best way to say it. Like firmly planted on the gas pedal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just praying nobody throws a blue shell your way because
0: right, it's just not going to be as fun when they when they quit doing what they're doing. And I know it's
1: not going to last all season, but it is fun right now. It is fun, and I, I applaud you for for realizing that. And I'm also applauding you for uh, for your team because they've done amazingly. And Tyler, we have talked about the man of the hour, Adolis Garcia. This is a guy who is an absolute uh, gem. Plucked from the jaws of obscurity to now a top 20 player, uh, so says Yahoo. Uh, Mr. Adalas Garcia, uh, (laughs) over the week, a, uh, you know, piddly numbers, five runs, four homers, 11 RBIs, two stolen bases, a 300 average, 1033 OPS. And his partner in crime, who else but Randy Orosarena? Nine runs, three homers, eight RBIs, one stolen base, a three forty five average, and an eleven forty eight OPS. It's like it's it's like one of your guys is amazing one week, and then they just say, "Okay, who who wants to be the best player in baseball this week?" And they everyone raises their hand, and they kind of just eaty meeny miny moe and choose one of their teammates to become great. So I'm gonna say in before Brandon Rogers is the best player in baseball in two weeks. So. <laughs> i hope you're right i hope you're right because he's a dollar that would be great i hope that i'm wrong at least for the next week but we'll get to <laughs> that in a little bit we will from um, the pitching perspective buddy too. uh rodon with a 13 strikeout game cole with a 14 strikeout game scherzer eight uh we gotta talk about Klubot with a hellacious no hitter yeah that was awesome it was. I,
0: I hate that he didn't get that perfect game though
1: yeah that's a real kick in the nuts man Kluber's a great guy. A great pitcher and a good dude. He's fun to watch. And with the Yankees particularly, you know, I know that we, uh, you and I, as well as me and several people, talked about Kluber in the off seasons, how the Yankees just kind of feels like an odd but good fit for him. So, like him there, and I'm glad that he had his brush with history. I think that he could very well do it again. But on the flip side, man, uh, Joe Musgrove. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Innings of blank ball against the uh, the Rockies with eleven strikeouts. Man, Paul's got to be pleased with him. Sonny Gray had eleven strikeouts as well. Uh, just you know, Brandon Woodruff with another good start. John Means actually had a little bit of a stumble. It looks like on the nineteenth. Yeah, yeah, had a little bit of a stumble lumble. And tonight, Kershaw yeah, on the horse. Oh yes, that was the Kershaw matchup. I don't know. What would you say? Sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm just. I was just saying, Kershaw, man. He just. Uh, he just keeps evolving and doing whatever he has to do to submit his name in history. I think it's there, man. Like Kershaw oh,
1: yeah. will forever be. I mean, one of the greatest of our time and probably mm-hmm. of all time. So.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Anyway, a hell of a matchup. I hate that Paul uh, met that buzzsaw, but we have some. We have some praise for Paul later in the show. So let's uh, let's move along. We do. And uh, move along, we shall to one of our two ties of the week, and this one between the Mariners and Red Sox. And dude, what about that trap game for Mariners? I know, man. Um, yeah, Red
0: Sox's offense came out swinging sure this week.
1: It did, bro. Sure so it.
0: winging. So let's, um,
1: let's, let's let's hear about Mariners. What's what's the hap's with them?
0: Well, uh, Mariners pitching staff—we've talked about it a lot this season. and They are, as a unit, very, very good collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had another good week. Um, they won the saves category, um, ERA, and WHIP, and quality starts. Um, the The Red Sox ended up winning the wins and the strikeouts, and um, they had a few more innings pitched than Mariners. So, you know, strikeouts and wins are two of those stats that are usually, usually based on you know, how many innings you can get out of your staff right. as a whole that week. But um, Mariners pitching staff, like the the ratios looked great. Um, Edwin Diaz had a great week, two saves and no ERA. Um, Ian Kennedy as well, and Jake Diekman. Or is it Jake Diekman? Is it Jake? Yeah, Jake. It's Jake. Jake. Um, they all had um, good weeks that didn't give up any earned runs. I know Diekman had a tough week a couple weeks ago when he played me um Freddie peralta he actually kind of looked human this week not the superman that he was the last couple weeks um but he did uh he did end up striking out seven again um and that guy is a lot of fun to watch um corbin burns looks awesome jack flaherty won another game surprise surprise so uh oh and zach grinky had another had a great uh a great game um Oh, and Adam Wainwright last night, man, that was a great game. That was a good game to watch, and I hate that he had to get the loss in that one. Um, but yeah, Mariners pitching staff as a whole looked great. Um, offensively, I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he uh, he ran into a team that has yeah. picked it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you and that's a perfect segue because when you look at Red Sox over the past week, the offense is the uh, is the story. Looking at James Cigarettes with 368 average, just incredible stuff. Raphael Devers had a great week, stuff in the stat sheet. When you talk about stuff in the stat sheet, you got to talk about Ozzy Halby's. you got to mm-hmm. talk about my man Matt Olson. Uh, Reese had a 300 average. Uh, Miguel and Duhar, signs of life for the first time in a while, man. Uh, just doing it big. And this is all, of course, discounting uh, what Taylor Walls has done since being called up. So, mm-hmm. you know, big stuff. Uh, Max Kepler with a couple, uh, couple of runs and RBIs as well as a homer, uh, twelve homers for the week for Red Sox. That's a that's a big power output for a team who is you know currently sitting in 14th place in the bottom you know bottom fourth of the league. I think Red Sox is going to be one. It may not be trap games so much anymore as it could be maybe getting what they're due. But again, we keep burying the lead for our third segment of the night. We might have to just. Take her easy on that because we've got plenty to talk about, Mr. Red Sox, later on in the evening. Mm-hmm. So let's move right along to the next matchup, and that one was a uh, another battle in the AL, and that's the Tigers and Yankees. And Tigers took that one eight to four. This was a match that uh, that Matt and Kyle they they just waged war, bro. It looked like at multiple times in the week that Matt was going to run away with it to a, a vast, vast win. Like, I mean, I'm thinking several times we were looking at like 10-2, 11-1, 12-0, and uh, Kyle, as he's been doing lately, has clawed back on the weekend but couldn't quite make it out of the negative here as Matt takes the 8-4 win. Let's look at Matt, though, at Austin Riley, and Austin Riley is standing with his hand up in the front. You've got to talk about Austin Riley. You know, six home runs over the week. Nine runs, 11 RBIs, 4.62 average, 17.72 OPS. Riley is a, a, a Goliath right now. Uh, tonight, or no, I'm sorry, the Braves not played, last night, two home runs, <laughs> his, his second multi-homer game of the week. Just It's ridiculous, man. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. lunacy, absolute lunacy. Uh, to have hit two thirds of your yearly home runs in one matchup. That's just absolutely bonkers. Either way, uh, Jared Walsh with three home runs over the week, Javier Baez with three home runs for the week, Gavin Lux hit two home runs. And man, Gavin Lux is coming alive, God Almighty, uh, being what we yeah, could be for, for a long, long time as uh, prospect heads. Mm-hmm. Some sad news though for Matt Trick Grisham goes to the IL, uh, Fran Mill who hit two home runs to the IL. Uh, Fran Mill had a great week as well. You got to mention Fran Mill there. Just uh, a really tough tough stuff for, for Matt in terms of injuries. I know that he was bummed out about that. Let's see. Uh, in terms of the pitching categories, Matt did come away with double the wins that Kyle had at, in uh, he had about 18 more innings. Then Kyle, so, you know, theoretically speaking, he would have more strikeouts. But the quality starts were consistent as well. Matt also had six quality starts. you got to give that credit to Mr. Max Freed, who had two quality starts over the week with 10 strikeouts a win at 138 ERA. Very impressive. Uh, Glad to see him back on the the horse. Mm -hmm. Lucas Giolito also got back on that horse. One win, eleven strikeouts, a one thirteen ERA, and quality start of his own. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, Blake Snell, hell of a start, eleven strikeouts, one fifty ERA. What about yeah. the Yankees? Let's hear. Uh, let's hear what the other side of this uh, this collision had to offer, because uh, there are several categories here that were very, very close. Yeah, and uh, it might have just been the counting stats kind of weren't there for Kyle because looking at the hits per at-bats, Matt had seven more at-bats and only two more hits in those seven than Kyle did. So it might have been a matter of the counting stats in the offensive categories.
0: Yeah. Both teams actually had a 283 average. Uh, Tigers, it looks like Tigers won that stat by, you know, thousands of points or, well, what, ten thousandths? Is that, is that the next decimal place, I think? Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> kind of unlucky for Kyle, because the Cardinals-Cubs game was the last game of the week last night, and um, it went into extra innings, and Javier Baez actually got one more at bat and hit a home <laughs> run, so that lost that stat for Kyle. That, that, that's unfortunate, because it, it could have easily been a seven-to-five game. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if Baez got a stolen base last night or if it was another game. But, but anyways, um, yeah, stolen bases was really close, um, and OPS was o- OPS was pretty close, and so was average. Of course, um, I mean, eighteen home runs on the week for Tigers is something that you just can't usually uh, match up against, and I mean. You know, Kyle hit 10 of his own. Like, that's yeah. a lot.
1: Oh, very, thir-
0: 39 yeah. runs scored, 10 home runs, and 35 RBIs in a week is a great week. And you just – unfortunately, he just ran into a team that had 18 home runs and 46 RBIs. So, that's yeah, not going to happen yeah. every week. You so, win
1: most weeks when you do that.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think the biggest contributor um, is going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, this guy is just an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Um, three home runs this last week, six runs scored, 10 RBIs, two stolen bases. He hit 700 and had an OPS <laughs> of 2569. That is absurd. And this guy is the fifth-ranked player in Yahoo, and I, I don't know how many games he's missed this season, but it's been quite a bit. Oh, yeah, he's had two stints on the IL.
1: Uh, yeah. Not on wood, you know, obviously. Yeah.
0: So and you know the the guy just plays the game so hard and with so much passion and uh, you know he's so good he but walks because so hard. yeah I mean be, because of the way he plays though like it's almost it's almost having a negative impact on him physically it's like it good. is for sure so I just I hope he can keep it up cuz I know he's going to be a special player if he can stay on the field yeah. um Vlad Jr. of course another great week. He hit over he hit 400 exactly with an OPS of 1200. Um chipped in a couple of home runs. So um Yankees offense is is very good. It's and um that I agree. Yeah, and I mean it, as as much as I could talk about his hitting, um his pitching has been so good this season. That's um perfect. The three point zero three ERA and a one point one six WHIP and sixty two and a third innings pitched is very good with five saves, and we talked about it for a couple of weeks. He finally won the saves category. Mister um, <laughs> Canley, Mister Canley Jansen was the biggest contributor there with four saves on the week, hmm. a no no ERA and a WHIP
1: of zero point four six. Yeah, Canley glued. So, can I love Canley. It's hard not to, man. He's a he's a favorite of the podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Favorite of the podcast, indeed. Well, let us move right along to the NL side of the games. And uh, man, what a what a match we have to start with! It was the collision between the the 2020 champion Braves and the number two in the league, number one in the NL Cardinals. And Cardinals took this one convincingly, ten to one. A hellacious, hellacious win. Uh, this one had some tightness in some offensive categories, but Alex really pulled it away in terms of his average and his OPS. Uh, those ratios were just absolutely insane, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Freddie's pitching went blow for blow, at least in terms of strikeouts. Uh, Alex's team usually drowns. Opposing teams and strikeouts. Freddie was sixteen behind. That's that's very very impressive. Yeah. Uh, but again, one hundred and fifteen strikeouts, <laughs> equally impressive. Uh, eight wins, ten quality starts. Like Alex's team does these ignorant things that you just it blows your mind. Look at Glaber Torres and his five sixty three average, thirteen seventy five OPS. Yon Makata, four twelve and eleven eighty eight uh jorge uh, jose rojas 375 and a 912 uh xander bogart's three fifty-nine forty-one. sean murphy 353 average i mean the average is just so otherworldly that guys like you know Avicel garcia hitting zero not you know 0.091 it doesn't matter alex is still at 274 on the week mm-hmm. that's just Admirable, you know, Yadier Alvarez. He can strike out more than normal. Still drive in runs and score his share of runs, but you know, if his average is one forty three, we're fine. Right, just just incredible. And then we move down to uh, to the pitching, and I I would like, if I can, real quick, to just wax a little poetic about Zach Wheeler. Um, I saw a statistic that said Wheeler is the first Phillies pitcher since Roy Halladay to essentially be pitching at the level that he is. And a uh, big shout to him, because as you may know, Roy Halladay is my all time favorite player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to see Wheeler do so well for the Phillies, uh, from the mm-hmm. pitching perspective, it's, uh, it's really special. And it's really cool. Uh, I like it a lot, but Wheeler over the week for Alex 22 strikeouts. I believe that is a, a season high for any pitcher in a given week. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on that going forward with one win, two quality starts and matching 0.63 ERAs and whips. So I don't know how wow. he did that, but uh, the only yeah. other player to match their ERA and whip on the week for Alex was Michael Fulmer with infinite ERA and whip. So, <laughs> you know, uh, that's a tale of two cities. So anyway, anyway uh, let's hear about the Braves uh, because, you know, we, we referenced it, but it was a tight week and he has a lot to be proud of.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> offensively. Both these teams tied in runs at 28 apiece. Mm-hmm. Braves did win home runs seven to four. Um, stolen bases was close, uh, three to four. Um, the, one, the one stat that Braves did take were home runs, and we always have to talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't have a great week with the batting average. He hit 154, but when he did make contact, it was solid. It went a long way. He had three home runs on the week, seven RBIs. <laughs> And uh, despite batting 154, his OPS was still 803 on the week. Um, that's 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 hard to do. Very um, and like you were talking about with the strikeouts, uh, Freddie's team pitched seven in the third innings and had 99 strikeouts. That is, that is, that's insane. It is um, insane. Because Cardinals had 113 in a third innings pitched and 115 strikeouts. And like you said, usually Cardinals is just drowning, destroying people, yeah, in the strikeouts. And uh, Freddie had nearly thirty more strikeouts than he did innings pitched, which is very, very impressive. Um, Luis Castillo had sixteen strikeouts on the week. Didn't fare very well uh, with everything else, but uh, but um, Julio Urias, Urias, I'm sorry, had eighteen strikeouts. He pitched very well. I mean, two starts. He had two wins, two quality starts, a two point one three ERA and a zero point four seven whip. So uh yeah, I think you could give the star of the week to Urias for the Braves. Um I agree. But uh yeah, I mean this was still a close matchup. I mean wins was uh, eight to seven Cardinals, Saves was two to nothing Cardinals. Um the whip was one point two four Cardinals to Braves is one point three eight. So that was you yeah. know, that was close. So, yeah, this could have been a different kind of, uh, you know, it it was, it was closer than a 10-to-1 game. Yeah. But in the end, I know that uh, Alex is not going to complain about
1: getting that many points <clears> against <throat> a team, a top team. Uh, former champion, well, <laughs> a defending champion. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you look at guys like Sal Perez, Jock Peter, oh well, Jock didn't play long for him, but P- Sal Perez, Eddie Rosario, Joey Gallo, those guys who have, you know, the runs, but then <laughs> – <laughs> they have the runs. I'm uh, sorry. They scored runs. But yet the, the rest of the bo- uh, the scorecard there is empty for them. No homers, no ribs, no steals, you know, you know, whatever. But that's just, you know, those things, those three guys, one of them turned it around. You could have been looking at something different uh, in those categories. So uh, right. it's just interesting and uh, interesting indeed as we move through the NL. Let's keep going, though. We've got another – Big big win in the NL, and the Cubs took this one eleven to zero over Trader Dan and the Padres. A friend of the podcast Rodello currently sitting in third place at eleven and zero. Tyler, uh, yeah, over Padres. That's a that's impressive. And from the looks of it, only one, two, we'll call it three categories were really within striking distance, and then uh, WHIP wasn't too far off. But yeah, we'll call it four of the 12 categories in striking distance. The only one Dan really had a measure of uh, success in was tying and saves. So we'll obviously give an obligatory reference to Hansel Robles, uh, who did have a good week, a win, a save, seven strikeouts, 225 ERA, Impressive. Mm-hmm. Justin Dunn came through with 13 strikeouts, uh, manageable ERA. Albert Alzel has looked like a great, great addition uh, for the Padres. Hey, he, he, Reserves him from the off season on a six dollar deal uh, from a trade. Alzolay over the week nine strikeouts, three seventy five, a win and a quality start. So, uh, but anyway, before we talk about uh, Padres offense and the uh, the good and bad there, let's hear about uh, Rodello and what the Cubbies did good this week, Tyler. Well, they did everything well, Drew. Indeed, um,
0: offensively, uh, <laughs> had a hell of a week. Um, Forty-four runs scored, thirteen home runs, forty-three RBIs. None of those stats were particularly close. No. Um, a couple of big hitters for for Rodello. Uh Ramon Lariano, He had a great week: six mm-hmm. runs, three home runs, four RBIs. Hit three seventy-five with a twelve sixty-two OPS. Um, Anthony Santander has come yes. back, um, hitting five fifty-six on the week. Alex Verdugo, um, what was what was his name again? Uh, what was the Spanish name for that?
1: It's like the executioner. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, he was executioning baseballs this last week. Um,
1: executing.
0: He, he, uh, executing. Executing. I said executioning.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, my God. I have a college degree, I swear. Much better. I have a college degree, I think. Somewhere. In a closet. Yeah, um, so anyways, the executioner hit 471. With an OPS of over eleven hundred, um, <laughs> Tommy Edmond looks like a solid pickup. Uh, he hit three sixty four and stole a base, and that yeah. probably ended up winning Rodello the stolen bases category. Yeah, and any week that your team collectively hits two ninety five and has an OPS of eight seventy nine, um, yeah, that's that's gonna play. That's usually gonna get you a win in those two stats.
1: You are doing it right.
0: Yeah. So, this is a really great week offensively for Cubs and a good
1: week pitching-wise, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Go ahead and and hit those names, man.
0: Yeah, Casey Mize, man, had a great week. Um, He had two starts, had two quality starts and a win with 13 strikeouts, a 1.29 ERA and a 0.71 whip and two starts. Um, Everybody will take that every week. Dane Dunning had another good week with a quality start, no earned runs given up. And Jordan Montgomery – Ooh. A quality start and eleven strikeouts with no earned runs
1: and a zero point five seven whip. Um, so I was was in that duel with uh, Rodon as you and Rodella's strikers right. yeah. strove to outdo one another. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just a solid week all around from Cubs, and I know that
1: he'll he'll take that every week. the The week that you play Rodello in interleague, we need to have him on the show. We need to I I that. actually am not gonna have to play him. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. How was yep. that even a thing? Well, I don't what know, man. in the world? I hate that. Lucky for him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> I guess. Well, I hate that you two aren't going to play one another. That's a real kick in the pants because that would have been fun to hear you two talk trash at one another. I know. Yeah. Well, let's Look. real quick talk about. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say.
0: In the other league that I'm in with Rodello, he's got my number. So, well, I'd
1: I'd love to show him up in this league. I believe you. I think that you might be due because if I remember correctly, the old uh, Space Cruising Cyber Sharks have have fallen to Rodello's team time and again. That's right. Yep. He He beat me in the championship too. I'm sorry, Tyler. That's all right. Any chance I get, though, to use the name uh, Space Cruising Cyber Sharks, I have to throw that out there. I'm glad you like it. That's a hell of a name, man. Who wouldn't like that? That's a great name. Yeah. Well, real quick, though, we'll talk about Dansby Swanson for, uh, for Dan. He uh, he looks really good. Really, really good, as a matter of fact. Uh, six runs, three homers, four RBIs to a 385 average, 1292 OPS. I uh, had a good conversation with Freddie last night. Uh, people apparently just don't like Dansby Swanson in Bravesland, and I don't get that. Uh, Dansby might be streaky, but he's a great contributor. And, uh, this is the sort of week that you love to see from him. You know, when he's really turning it on, heats up and, uh, looks like, uh, yeah, Sunday night hit one of those home runs. So that's great. Dan'sby's mm-hmm. doing good stuff and Dan's got to love it. Uh, Mikey Stromsky had a uh, couple runs, a couple ribs as well. So, uh, Dan's, you know, he's got some pieces that people could use as we're moving forward uh, into the, into the mystic of interleague play moving right along. We had another matchup. Uh, This is a match that uh, at least going back to last year has been a rivalry matchup between my Phillies and the giants, uh, the former number two overall number one in the NL uh, giants, Clay Carver's team. Uh, And clay took this one nine to three. It was a, uh, a big, big win for clay. He had a, a hellacious week and was very gracious even in victory. Uh, I would give him a shout-out. He? Oh, he, he was very, very sweet, actually. I'll give him a shout-out. Clay wrote me last night as the, uh, the Cubs game. Shafin came in, and Clay wrote afterwards and said, you know, I could have swore <laughs> that Shafin was going to come in and get not only a save, but lower your ERA and whip further so that he would have only won six to five. And he was like, you know, I know you would have liked that, Drew, but, you know, I, I, it had me going. And he told me mm. it was a great week and appreciated it. And it, it was very, very great, graceful, and I appreciated that out of Clay a lot uh, because I, anybody that knows me knows I hate losing so, so much. Uh, so that makes it marginal. I still hate it, but it makes it marginally better. Right. Anyway. Uh, Let me talk about Clay's team real quick, and then you can talk about uh, the Phils if you'd like. Uh, And to start on Clay's team, you really have to go no further than Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. His pair of Reds bats are absolutely insane level stupid. Uh, The pair of them, 12 runs, 8 home runs, 12 RBIs, between them hitting roundabout four sixty five with about 1,500 OPS. It's stupid. I mean, just stupid. Winker on the week with six home runs hit more than my entire team. Jeez. Uh, Alone. Winker alone hit more than my entire team. Uh, Freddie Galvis, six runs, two home runs. Freddie Freddie Galvis, two home runs. Can I say that again? Freddie Galvis. Freddie (laughs) Galvis, two home runs. Uh, Four RBIs. Mark Kana uh, doing great stuff in Oakland. Another another great player Clay's got on his at his disposal. Uh, just just a hell of a week, man. Clay hit two ninety three with a nine fifty nine OPS on the week. That's just just stupid, man. Like like you said, that'll play and win every week. And this is against a team I, of my own that I pride on being built on average. And it's just it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyhow, moving on though to the pitching for Clay, you Darvish and Trevor Bauer, both incredible. And I mean, we say it time and time and time and time and time and time again. But uh, between the two of those, you had three wins, 26 strikeouts, uh, a 0.32 ERA, about a 0.84 whip, and three quality starts. Just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, meanwhile, Jordan Wiles had his best start of the year. A win, eight strikeouts, three seventy-five ERA with quality start as well. And Brady Singer, uh, in his first four A into the starting line, uh, starting rotation rather, a win and six strikeouts and a four twenty-six ERA with a quality start. So impressive stuff for Clay. And uh, the only save of the week to Mister Pete Fairbanks. Big ups to Pete for getting it done in the saves. Pete, Pete Boy. Pete Moa. M.O.A. gets it done in the saves category.
0: Well. I know you're disappointed, but this, um, this could have been a lot different if just a couple of things had gone your way. Um, it was, it was a nine to three giants win. He won ERA 4.29 to 4.32 and he won whip 1.37 to Mm -hmm. Mm
1: 1.39. So,
0: uh, yeah. And like you said, there was only one save this week and giants got it. And, um, and you have a very good closer in Ryan Presley. Yeah. So, um, this could have been a different kind of matchup. I mean, just think about it. Like, one relief pitcher giving up one less earned run and a couple of base runners. I mean, that's the difference here. And um, it could have easily been a seven-to-five Giants win or a six-to-six six tie. So, I don't think you have anything to hang your head on. Um I know that next time you play Giants, your team will come ready to play. That's for sure. sure
1: um,
0: five home runs from your team is just you know it just doesn't happen either. And um, I mean you you know I think you just got some guys that I guess you could you could be disappointed about. I mean Correa didn't hit a home run. Um, Jose Abreu, I feel like he hits three or four home runs a week. He only hit one. Um,
1: Abreu actually play by... half week. He. Uh... He only came – I think he only played in the weekend series against the Yankees. He really, was
0: he – what was wrong with him?
1: Uh, Lord, I was so happy to have him back. I didn't think anything about it. It was the ankle injury. Ankle
0: injury. Oh, okay. Um, positive note, though, Akil Badu looks like he's back.
1: Yeah, um, Badu was my highest player of the week for sure. And that's yeah. only in like super – like I think he only played officially in two games on the week and then had a pinch running hit, pitchets walking a stolen base. That's right. Uh, man, I'll tell you, the way that managers do guys that are hot just drives me nuts. But
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. he was so young. it's so so good. I love watching him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Nelson Cruz was hurt a lot of the week, too. So, that that hurt. Four straight games without Nelson Cruz.
0: Right. A week so. with Mike Trout yep uh, Wilson my, Ramos I'm building up
1: yeah
0: yes. he's hurt now um, Kevin Biggio is hurt
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um yeah it,
1: it like you said
0: nice. li- like we talked about earlier in the in the episode this is only a third of the way through the season so far yeah so you know you've got time to get healthy and get some of your guys back on track so
1: sure. right. but I hope, they do. I hope they do
0: but but on the flip side this was an impressive win for Giants just like. Oh, um, okay. the week so, so yeah, I mean, that that National League man, I've been I've been saying the the top half of the National League is just
1: lit AF absolutely, absolutely, and we got to see it firsthand. Clay, thanks for the good matchup, buddy. And uh, actually, we've got a a call, a call in a message that we're going to listen to here in a minute, uh, from a friend of Clay's who called into the show. So get ready, Phil. Oh. Yeah, okay. And in our final matchup of the week, uh, you were just talking about the top half of the NL, but two teams in the bottom half of the NL, they had a damn <laughs> They had a, uh, if it's akin to a UFC undercard match that comes out with both guys bleeding and throwing punches like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Marlins and Rockies went to a 6-6 tie. So, Tyler, uh, this is one that I think we touted as being kind of having heavy implications to the prospect draft. But These guys were like, you know, to hell with that. We're going for now, motherfucker. And, and, we, uh, and we're just going to tie not help anybody. Three, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, uh, a couple six. of uh, surprising things here. Marlins, first of all, hit 10 home runs. Uh, yeah, that, man, that might be a season high for him. I
1: think it is. Um,
0: yeah, Kyle Schwarber, uh, who he picked up last week, so good pickup. Yeah, three really home good. runs and a 280 uh, average for him. Um, but it's weird because Marlins – has such a good batting average every week and he only hit 202 this week. It's strange, isn't it? It's it's like picking up a guy that has power but not batting average had a negative <laughs> effect on your
1: batting average. Crazy how that works, isn't it? Yeah, weird.
0: Um but yeah, OPS was also uh, poor for Marlins at 654. Uh Rockies beat him in both those categories very soundly. Um but, yeah, 10 home runs and 29 runs scored for Marlins team. Um, he only he only lost uh, RBIs by two. And then on the pitching side of things, it was a very even matchup both ways. Um, Marlins just barely got over the uh, innings threshold, actually, at 43 and two-thirds innings. Yeah. Um, but still was able to get five wins and three quality starts and win both of those categories. <laughs> and um, – Had fifty-one strikeouts in forty-three innings, so um, that was a good week for him. Uh, Taylor Rogers, of course, is the man still, and uh, let's see, Araldis Chapman had a good week, but finally gave up an earned run. So something that I didn't know if I was going to see this season.
1: How so? I know, I know. So what you got for Rockies? Well, for Rockies, uh, you reference man the average and OPS. Uh, another incredible week for an NL team: two ninety four, seven ninety eight. And uh, for those categories, you got to look no further than Jake Cronenworth, Ahmed Rosario, uh, Mister Brandon Lau made his presence known with his one pinch hit, and then you got guys like Yuli uh, Gurriel and Anthony Rizzo, who he got uh, some good from in their swan songs with the team. Uh, Looking at Jake Cronenworth, I think what we're seeing is a guy develop into stardom. And we saw this last year with uh, Blue Jays and then traded over the offseason. So he's a $6 contract. Jake Cronenworth, a utility knife for the Padres, looks to be a great player. Uh, Eduardo Escobar uh, similarly has turned it on uh, over the week. Three home runs, uh, just really skyrocketing up the, up the Yahoo ranks. Eight RBIs. Four runs, 310 average. Very impressive. Ahmed Rosario hit 417 over the week. David Peralta hit 320. Uh, Brandon Lyle, like we said, in his one pinch hit, uh, that's a 1,000 average. That'll play. Yuli, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Tommy had seven RBIs from Yuli before he departed. Uh, I realized earlier that I referenced um, I referenced a young pitcher for, uh, for Giants, Singer. Uh, having his first foray into the rotation. And Chris Bubich, as well as kind of just kind of getting his feet wet with uh, rotation work and had a great start. Uh, actually, two starts. Pitched 11 innings, seven strikeouts, and had uh, – oh, gosh, I can't see it. Where to go? A 164 ERA. That's very impressive. Uh, J.P. Ison picked up a save on the week after a trade to Tampa Bay midweek. Uh, let's see. Tommy's Relief Corps, uh, yeah, up and down. You see some solid names, like Amir Garrett came through with a good week. Cole Sulzer had a, good, a great week. Five strikeouts, nothing going. Minuscule uh, Whip. Milo Pagan with a strong week. Uh, Edgar Santana had a good week. Really, Lucas Sims kind of got blown up a little bit. Sam Coonrod had a little bit of trouble. I mean, otherwise, the Relief Corps is really strong for Tommy. And that's not to mention Michael Fulmer's two saves and uh, three strikeouts before he went to... The Cardinals. So Tommy's got a lot to hang his hat on, and I think if guys like Kirilov, Cronenworth, uh, Escobar, Lau can keep it up, and then if guys like Kyle Lewis can come around a little more, and we can see Jesus Sanchez come up, then Tommy Mm. may have some shit to say in the second, third, uh, second, and third trimesters of the season trimesters. Yeah, I could not think of another time-oriented uh, split-three-way word, uh, so we're gonna go with trimesters before we birth a champion.
0: <laughs> that, like was that perfect,
1: yes. Thank you, baby. I tried my best. <laughs> I don't talk well for a, a long time, but I talk well, or I talk long for a whatever, fuck it. Anyway. Well, hey, at least you didn't say executioning. Dude, executioning was hilarious. I could literally <laughs> laugh my ass off again at that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, you'll notice we didn't talk about what's up next for these teams as we normally do because uh, I thought it would be fun, tired to go through the matchups as we've got them. So uh, right now, if we tune to the uh, main page of the Real Shit League, we see interleague play for the first time. So I'm going to just go straight down the list I've got, and we can talk about those matchups just super briefly. Right now, the number four Blue Jays are playing the number sixteen Rockies, and they are in a three-three tie. Okay, interesting. Yeah. The number eleven Astros are taking on the number thirteen Marlins, and my NL boys are keeping it strong. Marlins is up five to two right now, so that's great. Very interesting. Uh, the number one overall Rays are taking on what's this? The Phillies. Tyler. Hmm. WTF, baby! What's happening here? <laughs> A little bit of podcast collision to start yep. the play. Podcast to... collision! That devious bastard! What's he doing? Dude, dude! How can we describe this matchup? Can, should could we call it the uh, the Mega Powers collide? Like WrestleMania uh, Five when Hogan wrestled Macho Man? Is this the Mega Powers collision? Okay, I like it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. the mega powers collide. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. We shall. Uh, let's see. We've got the number nine athletics taking on the number six Giants. That's going to be a tight match, man. That's going to be mm-hmm. really interesting to see. Right now, Giants is up seven to four uh, over athletics, and Paul has had kind of a downward slide. Still got a really tough team, really, really talented top to bottom. Giants is higher right now, though, so I'm curious to see what goes on in that matchup week-wide. Uh, let's see the number five Mariners taking on the number seven Braves, and that one Mariners is up six to two. So that's uh, we hope Freddie, uh, for his sake, can get kind of back on the horse after mm. some, uh, some struggles last week. Uh, let's see. We've got two guys near the bottom of the standings, the Red Sox and Padres, and Alex Anderson apparently is keeping it hot, too, right now. Uh, the number 14 Sox are up 72 over the number 15 Padres. That'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, t- Tigers and the Cubs. we got got Bears and Tigers squaring off. Oh, my. The oh, my. The, Tigers and the number three Cubs. And uh, the Tigers are up 4-2 to two right now. Uh, we should mention, Tyler, uh, it is right now 12 a.m. On Tuesday, May 25th, as we're talking, I should have referenced that. And then the final matchup right now is the number ten Yankees taking on the number two Cardinals. The Yankees are up seven to five right now, so it's it's going to be very interesting going forward. Because uh, as you as you may or may not have noticed, listeners, uh, we normally will talk about all the AL and then all the NL matchups as we. Uh, as we go through matchup breakdowns, but you know, now interleague, we're going to just kind of be mixing and matching. So it'll be kind of fun, something different. Keep your uh, keep you on your toes at home. That's right, keep you on your toes. So anyway, uh, that's oh, we've had a had a drop since uh, last we've been recording. Tyler uh, Marlins has dropped Dom Nunez. Okay, Don't really surprise, more. surprise, Mr. Nunez, but. Marlins is making moves, and who is surprised? Not a soul in the world. Sir. Happy Tuesday, Tyler. May 25th. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And uh, we have got a a voice message we're going to play real quickly from one of Clay's friends. Uh, All I saw in the message was that it was directed at last week's caller, so uh, this is apparently in reference to Borat. So, Borat, if you're out there listening, this is for you. Uh, Tyler, why don't you throw it to our caller, because when we get back from this call, we are going to see what luck, what's luck got to do with it. Tyler, your brainchild comes to life in the third segment of the night. All right. Let's 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 hear from Clay's friend and what he has to say to Borat.
0: What in the hell is wrong with that boy? This is Hank
1: Hill saying that's the worst Borat impression I've ever heard, Tiger. Bobby, Bobby, get in here right now. Oh. I could have sworn that was Hank Hill. Mm. You know, I've actually never
0: watched King of the Hill. Are you serious? I am serious, but
1: I did know that was him. Highly recommend you watch that. It's it's very excellent satire of the American South. Well, do you know, like, do you actually think that was him? You know, I don't know. Part of me thinks it might have just been Clay. Yeah, yeah. See, you
0: know, I was kind of thinking that about Borat the other week. I thought maybe that was Matt. But,
1: yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know. I've known Matt for a while now, and I've never known him to be from Kazakhstan. (laughs) That's very true. Matt's potassium is nowhere near superior.
0: We're going to have to ask him to sing the national anthem.
1: Of Kazakhstan or America? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either one, really. Yeah, then we'll know for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, so uh, thank you, Hank, for your call in. We appreciate that very much. Uh, moving on, though, Tyler, your brainchild is coming to life because now, what's luck got to do with it? What yeah. has Andrew Luck got to do with any of this? Apparently, it's got a lot to do with it. Well, I'll let you explain the premise one more again for those who are either just catching up or who need a refresher before we dive in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what we did was we took um, – we looked at every, every week of every matchup – I mean, every matchup of every week so far, we took all the stats. And, like, we looked at – say we looked at Rays. And we looked at every stat that's been accumulated against Rays every week so far. So seven weeks worth, all against the same um, league. So all of the matchups in the AL – Um, the Rays have played every single team in that league at least once so far this season. And we looked at all the stats accumulated against them, pitted that against every other team, and how those rank. And so um, just to throw out a couple of things just real quick, um, looking at the Rays, um, there have been 231 runs scored against Rays this season. That is good for the 11th most run scored against Rays. So that's in the bottom half of of teams in the league, in the league as a whole, not just um, in the AL. Um, If you want to look at it that way and break it down, the Rays, let's see, they actually have, uh, they actually have the least amount of runs scored against them this season in the AL. So, um, if you want to coin it that way in terms of runs, the Rays have been lucky. They've been very lucky in AL play. So does yeah. that make sense, Drew?
1: It makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm curious if uh, if folks, if they would be a little more, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you guys would like to see this data as we are seeing it, just shoot me a message. I'd be happy to uh, link you to the spreadsheet.
0: Yeah. So um, so how do you want to tackle this, Drew? Do you want to talk about who the most unlucky teams are in real shit first, or do you want to go with the most lucky?
1: I think we should talk about what teams are the most lucky thus far. Um, okay. I, I should say as well that the way that we've gone about this is my old favorite uh, aggregate ranking. So as Tyler was alluding to, Uh, We tabulated all the runs against every team, all the home runs, all the different stats against every team. And I ranked them in terms of which would be the worst to best. Obviously, if a team is having the most runs scored against them, they are the most unlucky, which would mean, again, as you referenced earlier, if you're a believer in the law of averages, you could expect a little bit better fortunes going forward. So, uh. So I would on.
0: like I would like to note. Yes, please. And I think it's important thing to note that just a there's a, a slight spoiler. I won't give any teams away, but numbers 1 through 7 of our most unlucky teams are AL teams. Yes. And numbers 1 through 7 of the most lucky teams are NL teams. Hmm. Um. so I think that that says more about like the respective leagues the okay. AL and the NL so I, I, I think that the easiest way to look at this would be if you want to look at it league by league is to think of it as like you know um, our top our top most unlucky team is going to be in the AL so obviously they're the most unlucky team overall and in the AL. Yeah. Whereas um, our team that is actually right in the middle in terms of, of luck, which we termed as just normal luck, so nothing really of note here, um, but the most unlucky team in the NL is our number eight unlucky team overall. So they're right in the middle.
1: Yes. So does that make sense? Precisely. And you, okay. you're at the nail on the head. Let's give it, let's give it to him. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with some some teams that have maybe been getting lucky, and uh, the <laughs> the luckiest team thus far in the league, according to these statistics, is our defending champion, the Braves. Uh, looking at it right now, Braves has the the least amount of home runs hit against him all year thus far. He also has the highest ERA combined. So this is, again, the average of the earned run averages from the pitchers who pitch against him. So in weeks where teams play the Braves, they are not doing well at preventing runs. So uh, those are the two highest marks against Freddie. uh, Looking at it like that, he's only allowed 42 home runs against him thus far, and the ERA for opposing pitchers is at 467 which are both, uh, high, uh, I suppose, bests in the league, if you want to look at it from Freddie's perspective, he's doing best at those things. Like he, His weeks have been fortunate in that he doesn't have great ERA and doesn't have high home run totals. I mean, 42 divided by 7 is an even 6, so teams are only hitting, on average, six home runs against him in a week. It's pretty yeah. and that's And you had to
0: take into consideration week one where you had 10
1: oh, days.
0: Yeah. So an average of six home runs is not a lot.
1: No, 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 no. Not a lot. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see what Freddie's best uh, or his most unlucky thing has been. He's not uh, with wins at all. It looks like quality starts. Yes. Yes. Quality. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. It's wins. It's wins. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, wins and quality starts are fairly correlated, so I think that that's a good thing because, it mm-hmm. again, just puts credence to our numbers here. Uh, looking at wins, Freddie only has – or he has offered 37 wins by opposing teams. Uh, that's only a point away from being uh, th- tied for third place overall. Uh, and then uh, Quality Starts has had 28 Quality Starts against him. So that's that's also very impressive. Yeah, uh, He's withstood that much uh, Quality Start damage. So it's interesting to see, and I think it's also interesting that a champion would be the team that's most lucky. That's that's so surreal. In a way. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, you know, not saying that Freddie has the exact
0: same team he had last year. No, no. But before last week, he was the number three overall team.
1: Absolutely, and then, you know, he had a tough week as we alluded to earlier. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to speaking.
0: The... Speaking yeah. of the top of the NL.
1: Yes, indeed. We we come to the two teams that are at the top of the NL. Actually, three teams that are at the top of the NL. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our second most lucky team, they are Rodello, friend of the podcast, Rodello's Cubs. Third most lucky team, the uh, Salamanders Cardinals. Let's talk about those two, and then we'll get to the teams that we would label as being slightly lucky. Um, yeah. So in terms of the Cubs... Rodello uh, is has the least RBIs of any team in the league against him this far with 169. Excuse me, I burped just then. Forgive me. 169. That is 109 less than the team with the most RBIs against them thus far. Holy crap. Isn't that crazy? Oh man. Yeah. In terms of average Rodello also has the least average against him. Uh, on the year, combining for a 228 average on average, uh, a 679 OPS also represents the lowest mark of any OPS on average. So Rodello has been very lucky to have bad offensive ratios uh, from teams against him in those in those given weeks. So,
0: so, so road, against rody three out of the six offensive stats, the lowest he has mark the, the, the best. Yeah, he has the best luck. That's correct. And then the other three of note, <laughs> stolen bases, he is um, he has the 14th most stolen bases against him this season. Uh, uh, yeah, least, 14th least. 14th least, I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, home runs, the 14th least. <laughs> and run score, the 15th least. So, uh, yeah, Rodelo has been pretty lucky in terms of offensive categories so far.
1: It's and I feel and like we referenced, I feel so shitty to be like, Oh man, he's been so lucky because realistically he's done nothing. His team has performed. It's the right. teams that against him that are performing poorly. Right. So it's just it's odd to look at it from that perspective. But again, you know, the law of averages would say that teams who are performing against Rodello will start hitting much better. At least yeah. you know, that's what we that's what we're thinking <laughs> Right. 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 Uh, Rodello, his poorest mark, or I guess his most unlucky mark thus far, appears to be strikeouts, which, uh, plays in, you know, plays in pretty well as Rodello's been looking for pitching help, uh, of, of recently. Uh, let me see. Sixth. Yeah. He's had, hmm. had 544 strikeouts against him. So teams are showing up with, uh, with their strikeouts in tow against Rodello. That's, uh, pretty impressive considering that the, uh, the league low of strikeouts against a team we're about to talk about. Mm. So anyway, uh, moving on to our third most lucky team of the year, and that is the Cardinals. Uh, Alex's Cardinals. Uh, it's almost the flip side for a which again, no surprise uh, in terms of saves. Alex has the, the lowest uh, he he's, only, only had seven saves against him this year, which is so insane because <laughs> Alex Alex has had a closer maybe two weeks of the season, three weeks. He's had a closer on his roster, and yet teams against him are averaging a save a week. Yeah, that's nuts, man. It's absolutely surreal. Like, that's, that's the epitome, I will say, of luck. And this is, I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like sour grapes with any of this, and I know you don't either. But, like, that's just insanely lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Likewise, uh, Alex, whose team heaps on the strikeouts, apparently just competing against Alex intimidates uh, opposing pitchers because he has allowed the least strikeouts against him as well, only 479. And similarly, quality starts. Only 20 quality starts against the Cardinals, which is the good enough for the lowest mark. So that's just, just bonkers to me. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, teams are stealing at the third highest clip against the Cardinals. Alex has allowed 33 stolen bases, so chances are he's losing stolen bases more often than not.
0: Yeah. I just think it's kind of crazy that the way it's playing out so far, we know that Rodello has a really good offense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's not like he needs any more help, yet three of the six stats, um, you know, he's been – um blowing
1: people out essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess I guess gotten lucky with it. And yeah. then on the flip side with Cardinals, we talk about his pitching staff every week and three out of the six stats pitching wise, he's he's the luckiest in the league. Yeah, blowing folks out. Yeah. So it's like, guys, these people don't need your help. So stop <laughs> helping them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's it's weird. Like this this is all we're looking at is very cool. interesting. I mean, just like what we did a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, this is just a different way to look at it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, let's talk about our most unlucky team so far.
1: So real 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 quick, Tyler, before we do, I do want to point out that the difference in uh average rank score between those three teams is uh, let me see here. It's like less than uh a fourth of a point yeah so it's just obscene like any like the any of those three teams could have been the luckiest third most second most whatever let's talk about the most unlucky teams though i agree with you let's let's dive into talk about those a little bit and then we'll reveal our rankings Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what will be fun after that but i'll tell you i'll I'll, we'll get to it Why why don't you go ahead and tell us about the most unlucky teams buddy yeah,
0: so our number one most unlucky team in real shit this season is Red Sox. Yeah. And I don't really find that uh, surprising because, I mean, he, right now he is the lowest ranked team in the American League. Yeah. And, um, I mean, just looking at these stats, it looks like that the American League as a whole is just is just kind of outproducing um, the National League. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. That, that's fair.
0: Um, so let's see two stats. Red Sox is the most unlucky three more stats. He is the second most unlucky <laughs> and two more stats. He is the third most unlucky
1: for those keeping track at home. That's seven of the 12 stats. He is in the top three of unluck.
0: Yes. Um, so he is the most unluckiest when it comes to wins He is tied with athletics actually with that Uh, 41 wins against him in seven weeks. So that almost is nearly six wins a week, which is a lot. Um, And RBIs. Um, He is the most unlucky when it comes to RBIs. Most RBIs scored against him this season with 278 and the number two team in terms of RBIs is Mariners with 263. So Red Sox has fifteen more RBI scored against them than any other team this season.
1: Um, Ridiculous, and as we referenced earlier, a hundred nine more than the team with the least.
0: Yeah, uh, that's just that's just insane. Um, but yeah, uh, so Red Sox has gotten very unlucky, just very very unlucky. Um, and his average, I mean, average is is.
1: Almost exactly four. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, looking at it, uh, he has been most fortunate in terms of stolen bases. Uh, only twenty six steals against him, which is best for uh, tenth best in the league. So, mm-hmm. stolen bases, all we'll, it's average. He gets about average stolen bases against him. But I mean, that's
0: the only double digit stat.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Pretty absurd. So look out for Red Sox. Like we said, maybe uh, maybe these games aren't as much trap games as just he's do. Mm-hmm. We'll see.
0: The, the next two are are surprising. Um, I think it explains a lot. Let's put it that way. Sure. Uh, so number two and number three are um the two teams that make up our uh, Black Cloud matchup. <laughs> yeah. Dark Cloud, excuse me um athletics is number two yankees is number three
1: um athletics has been uh wow i just see a lot of color here across the board the most uh the most unlucky in terms of number of statistics he ties uh red sox for seven of the 12 categories he's in the top three has the record uh here at least with four he is the most unlucky for statistics he is the most unlucky in.
0: yeah He's had the most home runs hit against him this season. He's had the most stolen bases against him this season, tied with the Yankees. He's had the highest OPS against him this season with an 831 OPS, which is just stupid.
1: Stupid, indeed.
0: Um, And like we mentioned earlier, the most wins against him this season with 41 wins. (laughs) Um, And then, number two, uh, he's got the second highest batting average against him this season with a 270 average. And the second most saves against him with 31. Um, and then RBIs, he's got the third most RBIs against him with two fifty-six. So um yeah, one no two pitching categories. So pitching hasn't been as hard on athletics. Um no. he's got the thirteenth
1: highest whip um with a one point two eight whip. Yeah, guys' whips are a little out of control when they're playing athletics. Mm-hmm.
0: And then quality starts, he's the 12th highest with 26. But other than that, um, yeah, Athletics have been pretty unlucky this year, and I think that explains a lot because I know he was expecting a lot out of his team this season. Yeah. And then you want to talk about Yankees real quick?
1: Sure, yeah, I will. Uh, So Kyle's Yankees have the most runs against them uh, with 274. That's uh, 70 more runs than the lowest team. Uh, so, wow. a ten, 10 runs per week, more. Just uh, real silly. Uh, the stolen bases you referenced. He has had thirty four steals against him, as compared to the lowest, which is fifteen. Uh, two a two seventy three average against Kyle on average is good. For the highest mark in the league. Uh. Then we talk about second place finishes. Kyle has the second worst OPS against, or second best OPS against him this week, eight, or God, season, 817. And then in terms of strikeouts, Kyle has had 556 strikeouts against him this far, which is good for a second best. Just absolutely ludicrous, uh, insanity level stuff there. So uh, just a
0: couple of, of other stats we didn't mention as the top um tigers is number 4 yeah. and he has had the most saves against him <laughs> at number 1 which is not surprising uh he's had no. 33 saves against him
1: because we, he, we sorry go finish your thought.
0: yeah you were going to you were going to finish it like he a couple weeks ago when we talked about it i think he had the most saves in the league yes <laughs> and he had only won that stat like one time and tied yes. or something a lot
1: yeah, that's exactly right
0: yeah, so no surprise there that he's had the most saves against him. And then Tigers also has the lowest whip against him with a
1: 1.11 whip, which is hard uh, hard to win when teams are averaging that every week. Doing that against you every single week. Yeah. I do think that uh, something that is consistent with our findings in terms of stacking teams against one another, but in terms of what they've done and now looking at what others have done against them, is that Yankees and Tigers are both near the top of the list. So, mm-hmm. I mean, athletics and Red Sox, I think we could say, are probably getting a little shafted recent in recent memory. But mm-hmm. these two teams, Yankees and Tigers, I think are definitely – I mean, this is now it's, two yeah. in a row that we've seen that they are uh, underperforming what their team – or rather the result, the final score of the standings, underperform what their team does during the week. Right, yeah, it's been a. This has been a season-long trend for both those teams. Agreed,
0: agreed. Um, there's a couple of other ones of note. Astros actually has the most strikeouts against him with 579
1: strikeouts. So get, um, get this, Tyler, that number right there is so interesting because the least amount of strikeouts against somebody, as we referenced, was Cardinals. Yeah. He has a hundred less strikeouts against him than Astros does. And here. he's
0: the last guy that needs needs that. help.
1: Yeah, because he's stacking up 115 against Dan Freddy who's throwing 99.
0: <laughs> like, it's I mean, you 30. could probably add on ten, fifteen strikeouts a week against Cardinals, and he'd still win this category. I agree. You're, you're absolutely right. So, um, let's see. Rockies actually has the most quality starts against him with 35. Yeah. and then Rays has the lowest ERA against with a
1: three point zero six ERA. Isn't that crazy, Tyler? Yeah, I thought that one was really interesting. That your Rays guys are bringing their A game in terms of the ERA, and you're still uh, you're still keeping it competitive with them, man.
0: Yeah. So screw y'all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's let's go top to bottom again, uh, real quick with this. Uh, so. The most unlucky team, Red Sox, second most unlucky, Athletics, third most unlucky, Yankees. Then we have uh, teams that we deemed as being slightly unlucky, and in order, those are number four, Tigers, number five, Astros, and number six, Mariners. We then come into the range of normalcy, which uh, we labeled, and that's number seven, Blue Jays, number eight, Rockies, number nine, Rays, and number 10, Marlins. Then we come into the terms of slightly lucky, where we get the number 10 Phillies, 11 Padres, 12 Giants. Then we have the third most lucky team, the Cardinals, second most lucky team, the Cubs, and the first most lucky team thus far, the Braves. So, uh, what I thought would be interesting, Tyler, um, what I'm about to do really quick, I'm going to see if, are you on the spreadsheet or I know you're viewing it? I am. I'm about to try something and see if I can make it do correctly here, as we are on the page together. Okay, so did you? It was it was a minor shift, but uh, it shifted al al to the top and nl to the bottom, so we can look at it uh, on a league by league breakdown. Um. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna color these a little differently. That way, we'll be able to tell it more seriously. Are you saying that how no, I'm changing the colors there?
0: There it is. Yeah, yeah. I just had to reload it.
1: Oh, no problem. Uh, so anyway, uh, in the AL, in terms of what I, what I thought would be interesting to look at before we wrap up, is what teams most need big interleague play. Like at the onset of interleague, who needs to come away with four, five, six victories against the opposing league? Mm. So let's take a look here and see uh, who needs to have big week or big big periods of interleague play. Uh, right off the bat, looking at the AL, I know the Athletics, who is. Uh, not far from, uh, let me see. Let me pull up the standings here. Athletics is twenty-four games back. That uh, that 0 last week for me really kind of punched him in the nuts. That sucks. Um, let's see. So he's twenty-four games back. Athletics, Yankees, Astros could all use big interleague play to kind of jump back into the mix. Maybe even you know leapfrog a couple of those teams, the Mariners, and Blue Jays, back into the the standings. I think teams like Marlins, Phillies, Braves, really that glut of NL teams, kind of behind Cardinals, Cubs, Giants, Braves, Phillies, even Marlins, could really afford you know really afford a, a dynamite interleague mix. So, right, Tyler, what I'm going to ask you is if you would pick your two AL teams and two NL rooms that you're going to say need to have the biggest interleague slate, and I will do the same. Um, hmm. I, I'd
0: definitely say hmm.
1: – Actually, let's do this. Let's do one team that has the most to gain and one team that has the most to lose as we look at uh, interleague for both leagues. So an AL team with the most to gain, AL team with the most to lose, NL with the most to gain, NL with the most to lose.
0: I I would say AL wise, um, I'm gonna have a tie. Sure. Between um man, see my my pick would probably be Tigers if he hadn't have made some moves that look like at least to me, look like he's Selling a little bit, yeah. Like if he hadn't moved some of those pitchers, I would probably pick him. Sure, but uh, and I'm probably still in one of yours, but my ties definitely Athletics and Yankees.
1: Well, I, that's that's a great that's a great pick. I think yeah, that's...
0: I think both of these teams, um, you know, had had some had some unluckiness, some big time unluckiness here, like as we've already talked about in AL play, and could make some big moves in NL play. Huge moves. Yeah. Um National League wise, I think your Phillies are the biggest ones. You think? I think I believe I think you could make a huge splash here, move up the rankings while maybe some other teams are taking steps back.
1: Hmm. I hope so. That would be really beneficial.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, let's see. I'll, I'll take a look at the teams that I think have the most to lose. So Oh, most to lose. I'm sorry. I forgot. No, to no, no. That's question. okay. I, that's okay. Well, I said let's do most to gain and most to lose. So you did most to gain. I'll say most to lose. Um, looking at it here, I'm trying to find a team that – well, really, Tyler, I think it, it's probably going to be uh, one of the top three Yourself, Blue Jays, or Mariners. So I'm going to say it's so hard not to say you have the most to lose because you've done so well. I mean, you, you, have you lost a matchup yet?
0: Yeah. Blue Jays beat me that week, six to four.
1: So, okay. I'll say you and John. Then that's perfect.
0: Well, I was going to, that's good because I was actually going to say Mariners because he's had some injuries. And so the last couple of weeks, he's, he's had some disappointing, um, um, results. sure. So I think that he needs to really turn it around quick or he's going to get buried in the standings
1: for right. the AL.
0: Um, NL-wise, uh, I think I'm going to say Freddie here in the Braves the most to lose because um, he's sliding a little bit too right now. Yeah. So I think he needs to right the ship, as you alluded to earlier, before it's too late.
1: I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to say that the NL team with the most losses is going to be Alex, the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. I think if I was to list pitching staffs that can go toe-to-toe with Alex, uh, at the forefront of my mind is kind of powerhouse pitching staffs like yourself, Blue Jays, and Mariners. And then, I mean, Athletics has a powerhouse staff. And then Kyle's pitching staff... Are just scrappy wizard boys like Danny Duffy and Wade and fucking crazy things. I think that they, those pitching staff, some of those random, you know, offenders in the AL, they all beat the shit out of each other. I think if Alex has even one misstep, you guys can catch him in three of the six categories and then batting, you know, it, it could be a, a toss up. So does right. that happen a time or two? He slips and then it's back to, you know, the middle of the pack, which we're seeing in the NL right now can be extremely dangerous. If you're stuck in the middle of the NL in that glut of like four or five teams, it's trouble. So uh Alex got, uh it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think on the flip side of that is Rodello because essentially, like we said earlier, those two are flip sides of a coin because Rodello's offense is so strong. His pitching is kind of suspect, but, when we talk about powerhouse offenses in the AL, I mean Red's a Red Sox offense can really push Renello. Uh Yankees offense, Paul's offense, uh, your offense is ridiculous and would would I mean dumb stuff. John's offense is very strong, lots of home runs and RBIs. Mariners, uh, Astros has got good players. Matt has good bats. Like I mean, really, the AL bats are are. Insane, top to bottom. So it's going to be interesting to see what Rodello's. If, if it's really strength versus strength, or if it's you know a strength in terms of the NL and that's all. Well, it's going to be interesting. So, right, I'm curious to see, and it's going to be a very interesting uh, crop of interleague games, and especially as we get started, man. Uh, we're about to start day two of uh, week one of interleague that is week overall. And it's, yeah, uh, it's looking. Excuse me, it's looking like it's going to be a good one. So, anyway, this, this was a hell of an idea, Tyler. I applaud you for your your very very great idea to bring these folks some statistics.
0: to Yeah, yeah, I think I think this would be an easy thing to revisit, maybe at the end of um, of uh, interleague play. Sure and see how things have changed
1: so yeah measure it out and see where we're at after uh after a few more weeks of play Mm -hmm. because then uh you know after a little mingle and we may have a better idea i will say that time of year is going to be very busy because right around then we're also going to be looking at trade deadline so that's right so we may end up like two weeks after interleague sort of thing just depending but right uh, but yes, absolutely. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to come back to this this uh, theory of uh, how teams do or how teams do against teams. So anyway, Tyler, tell the fine folks listening at home where they can find you in between episodes. You can find me uh, on Twitter at
0: peppajackson 19 and on Instagram at PeppaJackscards. cards. So,
1: Tyler, any good cards this week, my man?
0: yes i got uh probably probably my my pride and joy my favorite card of all time in um i was able to sell some things and i bought a wander franco autograph card Mm. um yeah so i am just waiting on him to to come up get called up and start destroying baseballs at the major league level so that uh my card will <laughs> go up in price, so <laughs> that's yeah. Awesome, man. I'm excited for that. So yeah, I've seen your picture. It's it's sexy. It's a sexy
1: card. I bet it is, I, and I know you're excited for for that for sure. So oh uh, yeah. Should you want to find me in between episodes, you may do so on Twitter at Drew is okay. You may do so on Instagram at RememberThisDrew. Please, like I mentioned earlier, leave us the five-star review on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts. Like, seriously, every five-star review helps the algorithm. So if you're listening on one of those platforms, please just take, like, three minutes, man, please, and give us that five-star review. And I know that I hate whenever I hear this on podcasts and see people asking, but it really, really does help, and I would appreciate it a lot. I know Tyler would appreciate it a lot, too. Yes, sir. And, uh, for that matter, we will read every five-star review on the air. (laughs) Yeah, heck yeah. I'd love to do that. So, we will do that. We'll do it. Anyway, Tyler, uh, thank you so much for your time and for for another great episode. Uh, Episode 21 is in the books, man. Yes, sir. Can't wait to get Interleague started. Yep. And, uh, hey, Tyler, best of luck this week. Yes, sir. Good luck. Uh, Virtual handshake. Virtual handshake. And a virtual hug to you, Tyler, and a virtual hug to all those listening. Thank you for listening, and Tyler, I'll let you throw us out of here.
0: Yeah, it's been another great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Peace.